Welcome to Language and Culture with Dr. J. I am Dr. J. This is a podcast about language, culture, and identity, and how these affect all areas of work and life. My guests range from politicians to artists, scientists, educators, students. I conduct interviews in English, French, German, Hungarian, and Spanish. You are now listening to an episode in English. The podcast also includes two new segments. On the one hand, Dr. J's Soapbox, in which I briefly share with you thoughts that are just itching to be out there. And on the other hand, a segment called Kids Ask, in which children from around the world have the chance to ask my guests a question. The podcast is brought to you by Kulturium.com in affiliation with Quadil Books and Events. For more information about the podcast and about us, as well as for teaching resources and study guides to the episodes, please visit our website, www.kulturium.com. That's www.c-u-l-t-u-r-e-u-m.com. You can also find me on our social media channels with the handle or hashtag drjpodcast. So don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and updates. This episode is entitled My Family's Immigration, and my guest today is my mom. Unlike my famous and highly extroverted father, my mother has always preferred to remain behind the scenes. Nevertheless, she is a fascinating, strong woman, and I really wanted to have her voice heard as well, especially since I just finished writing a book entitled Life with Coach Pop, which I dedicated to my father. Life with Coach Pop is scheduled to be released late in the fall of 2021, so keep a lookout for it. If you're interested in my books, you can follow me on Instagram at Quadil, that's Q-U-A-D-Y-L-L-E, where I have more information and purchase links to all my books. So my mom did not want to participate in this podcast, but I am very glad that I was able to convince her to do so. I believe that my father and I both owe our successes to the incredible nurturing and love my mother has given us both throughout the years. And now I bring to you my interview with my dear mom. I am Julia Yaborek and I'm 77 years old, born in Hungary, today Romania the city of Klausenburg or Kolozsvár, the first class obstetric clinic. And you were born in the first one, in the first uh, category, <laughs> the first floor. <laughs> Where were you born? I don't know. I was premature. <laughs> yes. My mother, <laughs> a mouse, scared her Then I came. Oh, God. Uh-huh. And how, how premature were you? Seven months. Seven months. Okay. I think that my father hated me. <laughs> I made my mother to suffer and to stay in the hospital with me for months on the incubator. And at that time, it was not today kind of incubators. Of course, now you have oxygen and everything. 
with the incubators and that's how it was at that time. I, it was basically I, an oven back then. Yeah, exactly. Except they kept you a little warm. <laughs> and they fed you. You were born, you say you were born in Hungary. Yes. It was still Hungary. It was still Hungary and my father was very smart. He knew that it will be some changes and he did my birth certificate where it says that I was born in Hungary and I am a Hungarian Julia Orban. And of course my father was right because after a very short time the change happened and they attached Kolozsvár to be Romania and uh, of course the few of us from that territory became Romanians. That is why I am here now in the United States. Okay, so of course I know some of this information. I'm just trying to get you to say it because you're my mother, so I know the whole story. But tell me a little bit more about how it was to come to Texas from Kolozsvár, which was back then Eastern Bloc? As a child, I grew up pretty happy and uh, I never, of course, that when you are a child, you are not involved in politics and uh, my parents tried to keep away the politics from me. They never wanted me to hate the Romanians or I, I was pretty healthy. And I went to a very famous uh, lyceum, which one, it was only for high school, right? high school, but it was only for girls at that time. And being a reformat, the Protestant uh, school, very good education, best teachers. But the problem, it came after I finished high school because of, I applied for the medical school as a student. And it started the problem because they differentiated between the Hungarian and Romanians and they didn't let me in. I applied for general and they gave me to go to the pediatrics, which when I refused and I knew that I was smart enough that I knew that I need to get what I want. How was it for you to move? I mean, you, you grew up in, you were born in Kolozsvár and you grew up in Kolozsvár. So that's, your family yeah. comes from Kibid, yeah. right? Your mother and father come from Kibid. Yes. So your whole yes. actual Sec- family. Settlers, my mother and my father family were Hungarians. So, so you grew up in, in Kolozsvár. Yes. Where you went to a Hungarian school. Yes. You studied in at university in Hungarian or in Romanian? Romanian. You studied, but by the time you studied in, in at the university, you studied in, in Romanian. Yeah, when it was very hard, because uh, especially chemistry and biology, you know. No, biology it wasn't because it was Latin kind of uh, definitions and uh, it was mandatory for us to do four year of Latin if you want to apply for a medical school. The education, it was fantastic and very good, but doing everything in the Romanian language, it was very hard. Okay, so there's already a difficulty in your cultural identity from the get-go, because you're a Hungarian in Romania. Right. So you noticed that, I think, back then in Romania, mainly in 
school because you had to do a university education in Romanian. But otherwise, you went to a Hungarian church. You yes. People spoke Hungarian in the streets. Yes. People were friends. You had Hungarian and Romanian oh, friends. Yeah. It was not really noticed. It didn't no. really have an effect on your identity, did it? No. I mean, no. And would you say was a different identity from Transylvanian identity? Was it different from hung- Hungarian or hung- the identity of Hungarians from Hungary? I. I didn't know at that time, because if you are there all the time, you think that this is the best, this is the good, I am Hungarian. But the first visit, when you go in Hungary, then they asked me, where are you from? And I said, from Kolozsvár. And he said, how come that you speak so well Hungarian? And it somehow hit me that they think that I am not Hungarian, or why they are asking me. Because, of course, that the accent, it was a little bit Transylvanian accent and it's not the real Hungarian accent. There's some words as words. well. And the, I think that the upbringing, it was different. In Transylvania, we were different, maybe, because we were multicultural people there. Uh, they had the German, German and uh, Hungarian and Romanians. And maybe it was a little bit... Uh, well, so Transylvania has minorities. So, right. Well, now minorities, yeah. but it has the Hungarians, the Romanians, and the Germans who all right. lived yes, together. together. And you always say when we are here in, in the United States, for example, you always say we are Hungarian. And all of a sudden, just now when you were talking about being Transylvanian, it was funny because the Hungarians became they. Yeah. So, so, so it was no longer we, it was we, Hungari- we, we Transylvanians and they Hungarians. So it's interesting how, you know, in, 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 in the United States, you identify as Hungarian, we Hungarians, but there is actually a, a slight difference or a slight difference in feeling, maybe. I think even today, what my friends who are there uh, report back is that there is slight distinction between Transylvanian and Hungarian um, without any negative connotation. Uh, just there is there there's a different feeling to it and of course politically and economically and uh, even sort of socially and, and, and culturally it has it has made a different impact that the countries have developed differently and then sort of the upbringings are different and education is different. And at, at that time when I started to be a little bit older uh, our our dream, it was that everybody, the Transylvania Hungarians, they wanted to go in Hungary. We thought um, later on became America that uh, for us. The that, dream. Oh, the dream is America because America this and that and that. But the real, from your heart, all the Hungarians, they, they wanted just to go to the Hungarian we consider mainland. That, mainland, yes, we consider that that is our country. Uh, I really, I have a bunch of Romanian friends and I love them even now that I am in United States for that long, still we keep in touch. But in my heart, I all the time I will say I am Hungarian and I hope that I will die as a Hungarian. It doesn't matter where you are, but in my heart, I am Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you are this Hungarian from Transylvania who moves to Texas. 
<laughs> maybe maybe we could even actually go back a little bit. How was your trip? How was it? I mean, you had traveled quite a bit. You had gone to Russia and all the Eastern Bloc countries, Bulgaria, right. back then Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia back then, um, of course, Hungary, the, the Soviet, Soviet Union. Union in Moscow, Leningrad, you were allowed to go and Poland. Poland. You were in Poland. It was big deal for us to go and see Auschwitz, which one we learned about, and we wanted to see that one too. So, so, so you had traveled, but your travels had oh, Eastern Germany. Yes. So Berlin, East Berlin, Berlin yes. and Eastern Germany. So all the Eastern Bloc countries you had yes, traveled to, to but your travels extended to this and not beyond that. You couldn't yes. go anywhere else. So Tata, my father, had traveled a little bit farther already. But this is about you. So you go to Bucharest and you get on a plane to go to... Do you remember the connection? I think it was New York, wasn't it? It was Bucharest, yeah. New, York. New York. So you had to travel from Kolozsvár to Bucharest, Bucharest, then Bucharest, New York, and then New York-Houston, right? Is that yes. how we traveled? That's, that was our first travel to the, to the United States. So... Can you just try to remember the feelings? I know I remember that all our closest friends and family followed us to, even some of my classmates, they, they followed us to Bucharest because they didn't want to say goodbye to us in, in Kurojvar. So we had several farewell parties and farewells. And this, I think to our listeners, it's maybe... Um, the wrong word farewell because this was not uh when you say farewell to someone who's moving nowadays to argentina or you say oh we're moving to italy or we're moving to wherever it's oh yeah great we'll keep in touch over skype and and over uh, cell phones and we're gonna visit and we're gonna travel and all that but saying goodbye for us was actually leaving um phone calls were extremely expensive so people could i think it was i mean it was the equivalent of something like 300 dollars now for a minute and um wasn't it it was it was really expensive so so phone calls you were gonna maybe speak for three minutes uh once a year uh, there was no Skype, there was no internet, uh, letters you could write and hope that it they went through and weren't stopped by the secret police. And visitation visits were not going to happen. So this was really saying goodbye. We said goodbye to your father, my grandfather as well, which was one of the hardest, I think, for both of us. Yes. And uh, it stays so printed in my mind that uh, we put our hands. It was a, it was a glass door. Glass door. And you and I, we put our hands on the, on the glass, and then my father, from the other side, put his, and that is printed in my mind, and that is the last one, what I remember. I hope that we will get him here to be with us, but it wasn't possible because Chernobyl happened, and... My father ended up with a cancer and died. Then we never been able to see him again. He was, uh, he was uh, for the listeners, uh, my grandfather, Danish, yeah. was a big hiker and loved the woods. And he loved to collect mushrooms and mm. 
berries and he he was uh, he was really big on nature it, yeah he loved nature and so um he was older when chernobyl already happened and he couldn't be kept away from the forest and he kept eating the mushrooms and he kept eating the berries and the different fruits and everything that he got in the woods so and especially and he the came milk. down with the, yeah, <laughs> the, the he drank the milk from the farms yeah. and everything so um, it is thought that he probably he was a very he was actually very healthy he wasn't that old either and he came down with a, and he died yeah. so again you had traveled in Eastern Europe and then you're taking this trip to Bucharest where you have to say goodbye to your family and well I was with you so you were joining your husband so we were reuniting our family that's actually political the political term that allowed us to come to the United States Um, reunification of the family so we had been separated from my dad from your husband for two and a half years and uh, we were joining him in Houston Texas can you remember this trip from Bucharest so you've left basically your country your hometown and you are clearly traveling to the unknown because at this time everything that's known of the United States is limited TV so at this time the knowledge that we had of the U.S. was limited to Dallas the TV series Dallas and maybe Dynasty was there Dynasty Mm -hmm. sometimes so we had um, and Woody Woodpecker we had half an hour I had half an hour of Woody Woodpecker on Sundays where everybody went and watched Woody Woodpecker and you had on I think Saturday evenings one episode of Dallas or Dynasty Dynasty. and that was all the TV that we had so um, there was nothing else and and there's some records my dad was a big fan of Billie Holiday and uh, Louise Armstrong he loved some of the Elvis Presley you guys loved so this music was known but otherwise none of the newer artists um i'll let you tell your story uh my story was was mtv discovering mtv in 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 the u.s and i had the the first video uh clip i saw was twisted sister and i just i was absolutely i had no idea where i was there were these men with long colorful hair and and screaming and jumping and in tights and the you know it was colored tv our tv was black and white wasn't it black and white so i had never seen color tv even so yeah that's right okay so so how is your experience you know sort of going from imagine try to go back to that that trip we stayed at a really nice at the lido hotel i remember that i i was just very sad i couldn't even imagine what is waiting for me or my english I spoke English and I knew to write and read and all, but that is completely different. I did not realize how hard it is and, and it's not only just to put the words together, but the grammar, it was different. And not only that grammar, but so much idioms and even the multiple choice question we never had in our I didn't know what is that multiple choice question. I needed to go back to college to take some classes to know how you even need to check that which one is the right test, which is the most, the least, the whatever words they used. It was a very, very hard, very, very hard time for me 
because I wanted to continue to be in a health industry. One is requires a lot of tests and and uh, you need to have license and it was it was very challenging, but I did for my family. I don't know if I needed to do again. I will do it or not because. Now that I am so old, before I never felt this, but now that I am 77 year old, I miss that I won't die on a Hungarian soil. soil. And uh, because I am in America, then how I will be able to get to the my mother, what I would like to tell to everybody that it's good to travel and it's good to learn other culture and language and everything. But if it's possible, stay where you are. I lost in my heart. I all the time I will be a Hungarian. and uh, But somehow, like Petrofi said, when you change your country, is you give up a part of your heart also. But what about, I mean, for you as well, it wasn't a complete choice either because your country had changed just politically. And without this, yeah. this podcast is not at all political. So so this political change occurred. You're just a citizen. So there was this change. It was Romanian after you left. I mean, you left in 82 or 84. Yeah, 84. So, so you left in 84, but the revolution in, in Romania took place in 90 and the government was overthrown. And Ceausescu and his wife were executed. And a lot of the Transylvanian Hungarians went to Hungary. Um, we have very few old connections and relatives who are still in Romania. Most people went to Hungary. So, so this was already a political situation in which people flee, people move. My father felt he had to leave. He felt that he, I mean, he had political asylum. He felt political pressure. He was in danger of being imprisoned and possibly killed. Um, he was the national Romanian weightlifting coach. And he had Olympic weightlifting Olympic. coach. And he had a radio show and a newspaper column where he was a bit political and always spoke out for uh, hung, uh, for Transylvanian independence um, and autonomy and had a lot of political pressure from this um, also for protecting his Hungarian athletes or his religious athletes. He always stood out in the on the side of diversity and on the side of fairness and wanted to only protect the athletes who were showing uh, talent. talent uh, exactly. So, so he felt he had to make this move. But you, you couldn't really make the move completely. I mean, you, you could have then just gone to Hungary and perhaps that would not have been such a huge cultural change for you. Yes, that it was. But you have been only just uh, 10 years old when your father left and you had a very, very, very close relationship with your dad and you told me that mom, because we talked openly about to go or not to go. And uh, we decided, you told me that if you are not leaving mom, then I will have at 18 a choice, then I will follow my daddy. And that it was the, the final for the decision. I knew that with, 
without my child, I am not worthy and I cannot live my life without her, then I knew that I have only just one way to do. Doesn't matter what is waiting for me, doesn't matter what it will help with me, I need to go. Mm -hmm. And I wanted the family to be together. And I was very happy because we were able to do for you maybe things which it wasn't possible. And uh, you went to good schooling and everything it was open door for you of course that you, you your contribution is because you have been very smart uh, girl also you know but uh, still everybody had a way to go here and and for that reason i am very happy and i am very thankful even to this country that gave us opportunity to have a safe life and to be able to let my daughter to to become who whom he whom she wanted to be the rest we need to deal everywhere is points but we need to resolve it ourselves mm. and uh, especially now with the grandkids i think that i want nothing in this whole world that uh, i can be with them and so, so wait, so I'm going to push you a little bit, okay? So try to go back to this trip. So, so you've just left in Bucharest. How was it to be on this plane? Were there, were there only Romanians, Romanians in, in, the, in the sense of people from Romania? Do you remember? Were there other tourists? I mean, this was, we were with the Romanian Airlines, Torum. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only way to travel at the to, back then. Until we get to New York. How was it? But try to sort of think about... How was it for you to be traveling? So, so what we, we talked about, just we established that you had traveled in Eastern Europe, um, all throughout the Eastern Bloc countries, but that was your world. You hadn't gone outside of that. Right. So all of a sudden, now you're, you've said goodbye to everybody, and you, you went to New York. <laughs> so, so do you remember anything? I mean, it was, it was a long time ago. Yes, I remember the not the good thing because uh, people were just a bunch of them they were immigrants like me but it was also americans and and i was happy when i was able to say one or two words to them and it was scary but also some like hope, I was so hopeful how I will see my husband after two and a half years. Maybe we won't like it, each other anymore. It was so much mixed emotional. feeling and emotional. Close your eyes for a second. If, if, you would, if you would just close your eyes. Close your eyes for a second. <laughs> and try to remember arriving in New York. Oh, that one. It was... I, I thought... If I am not dying now, or this much emotion, and this much, it was a, I, I cannot describe how it was, because I was happy that I arrived, I was happy that at least my husband, if he's waiting, because who knows, maybe he's not waiting for us. And we, I didn't know. Like, we didn't know, we didn't actually didn't know, know that it will be here or not, and, and, and I said, but if he's here, then my job is done because my daughter, it will be safe. We'll have the mom and the dad. And I, don't, I cannot describe the feeling. I was just 
so stressed out and so anxious to see the man with whom I had a 16-year marriage and now I will see him again uh, and I don't know I was I said how we will approach each other it was so I cannot describe but but you were very happy when you saw your father face you started to run and then they stopped you because it was a line there and they didn't let uh, just you need to go out and after that to go to them to our people uh, who is waiting for you i don't know if i remember something particular just it was everything so much and so many people it was somehow scary for me and when especially when we got in the car to go to uh, to a friend's house friends, uh, and and that many people you know, I, I said oh god and they said you need to learn to drive because you will drive here I said never well, it was never. New York 1980s New York, New York yes, traffic yes, so I just I thought no way this is something too much for me and of course that that immediately wanted us to see the Statue of Liberty to do, see this to that but you know not only that we were tired but shock and uh, and everything it was like when you read a book it was just a dream a, a dream. kind of a dream yes mm -hmm. and 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 uh, uh the things i remember sort of being shocking uh the clothing i remember we were taken by our friends my godmother was waiting for us yeah. and uh she took me to bloomingdale's because she said that the clothes I was wearing were just way too Eastern Bloc communist <laughs> and I had to have some new American clothes and so I remember that and the department store was just so huge and I, I was completely overwhelmed mm. um, I remember MTV we ate I remember that then we took the car we took a car and drove to Houston to to uh, well actually no not Houston well we flew no we flew into Houston and then drove and then from, from Houston yes, to Bryan College Station because because daddy was coaching at Texas A&M also so sort of just just how much food there was and how easy it was to get it there are pictures of you in the 80s in grocery stores where you're sort of, um, I, I, I wish we had better quality pictures because your face is just priceless. You're, you're just amazed. You're, you're standing in awe of all these rows of food. Meat and, and banana and all that stuff for you because we stayed in line for that and we can have everything, everything. That's true. We had, um, and I think the first in 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 Bangkok Station, the first few months, I only ate hot dogs because we <laughs> hadn't eaten hot dogs. Well, we had virtually, we had yeah. we had hot dogs, but we ate it once once a year at, at, at New, Year, New, New Year's Eve, right? Sort of for New Year's Eve. But uh, otherwise, uh, we hadn't really we didn't have the uh, hot dogs so available, and I drank pop, so so uh, all sorts of soda. So I drank Coke and Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pibb and yeah. Sprite and I mean, everything that there was. And what else did we eat? We ate a lot of hamburgers and bananas. That was the big thing. We, I didn't, I mean, in, we had bananas in Romania once a year. Yeah. And you Seasonal bought, only. right, but you bought, but really once or twice a year and oranges as well. Yeah. And 
and you bought as much as you could and then you kind of tried to store it as best you could but that meant you had one week or two weeks of bananas a year so I ate bananas drank pop and ate hot dogs (laughs) so (laughs) driving around was a big deal I remember driving with daddy to just see anything the farms in Texas and the ranches and we drove all the time I mean also to see the cities in Dallas and Houston yes we went to see the but it was the first Fort, Fort, yeah, Fort Worth. Yeah. Fort Worth. Oh, yeah. God, where we are. We thought that we are. Oh, that's right. We went yeah. to see where Dallas was yes. filmed. And so we so were, we were so... we were in the movies all of a sudden. Yeah. This is this is the only America that we had known was through Dallas. And so that we already went <laughs> to see it. How, without sort of describing the actual difficulties, I mean, Obviously, there were difficulties in language, there were difficulties financially, there were difficulties uh, career-wise, there were difficulties for you uh, in many, many ways. I think I felt it less. I was <laughs> I was sent to a private school, so I just, uh, I had my privilege of being in a private school and growing up and uh, being, having first-hand help from amazing teachers. But for you, without going into the particulars of it, tr- try to think of the feeling. What what were the feelings that you had, in especially in the first phase? I don't know if you even remember anymore. Was it was it um, being homesick? Was it did you did you feel desperate? Were you scared? Were you were you lonely? Were you what? What did you do? You remember what you missed the most? All what you, of what you said. Everything. Everything, everything I said. Everything what you said, because um, first uh, I signed up for a, I don't know even what it was the name for all foreign students. They went uh, foreign people who wanted uh, more to get their education back and to some, take some, some integration yeah. course and, for... and then I started to make some friends somebody was from Russia and you had a German lady who was yes, very good Mila and then I started to get some friends who uh, I felt a little bit better because they had accent they had problem then it was easier at least for me to accept whatever is happening with me. But it was a very, very hard time. But still I think that in the United States you can become who you want. Just need the hard work. Mm-hmm. And that it gave me courage and plus that I came from a family where my parents all the time they taught me that you need to count only on yourself on nobody else don't wait or put your hand that oh give me this or that and i was very very proud that we heard about that you can go and ask for help and welfare or and i was much more proud of that and i said no I will be able to to do then no no I never asked for anything for free I was working for every little dime and I was many times mad and especially if something went wrong then I immediately said I am going back and uh, 
Daddy all the time told me that don't look back because that is the worst. If you are looking back, how it was home or no, this is your life now. You need to go ahead and let's make the best of it. And I think that really we survived and not only that survived, I can say thank to God that helped us through a lot, a lot, a lot. But uh, finally, I don't, I cannot wish more than what we were able to accomplish. We were able to work, we were able to travel where never dreamed. We traveled the whole world, Japan, China, China everywhere. Tahiti. Yes. And you've gone, you really and, had Brazil, and you've gone to South America, North yes, America. Everywhere. And Africa, you haven't been. Africa, you haven't been. No, to. I, I, because I was afraid because you need to have too many injections and being not in very good shape. Then I don't want now. But I think that is still life. It was good for us, and uh, now becoming older, I realize that life it will be how you will adjust your life. You need to be very um, well you need to know what you want right and then then the whole family worked for that and really we 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 made it and we were happy and okay. still we are so you were in texas and you started making friends and at the beginning it was mainly internationals, uh, Germans, you had a Nigerian friend, you had uh, some Russian ladies, a lot of Hungarians. The Hungarian yes. community really embraced you. Right. And, oh, embraced and, us, I guess. I mean, yes, and they had of... the professors at university. Uh, they were Hungarian and, and they were immediately coming to help us or to if we have any question or, you know, it's a lot of things, how to buy a house, what we wasn't able to know that kind of arrangements or whatever. So, 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 that, so, so first that the Hungarian community really helped us out, but even though the Ameri- the the Hungarian community embraced us a lot, but also the uh, also Americans helped out. I remember a story about uh, some sort of I, you don't have to go into the details, but we we had car trouble and yes. um, it was an American family who gave us their who just yes. gave us oh, their man. car. Uh, Ivanka, Ivanka, and and her husband. If I, I still remember their names, yeah. um, who gave us their car for? I think we drove it for almost a year, and and, and uh, um, so 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 a lot of help yeah, also. Yeah. And um, so, who were the first relationships, true relationships that you developed with? <laughs> what what we would call sort of you know true American Americans, you know Americans who were not first generation American or. I mean, Amer- the United States is such a such a melting pot. So everybody has a heritage and different <clears throat> strings and cultures that they bring. But do you remember the first sort of actual relationships? Whom I remember, even though I'm sure that we had in Texas also. But uh, after we arrived, we stayed only just maybe two years. I two, am not sure. Two and a half years. Like two, yeah, two years, years there. But when we came in in Kansas. I started to have the real, like, uh, Panera, friendships. Uh, mm. fr- friendships. They were Americans, and and I went and I took some classes with them. 
and uh, they taught me and they took me first movie and and then it started in Kansas we really we started uh, our life and I like Kansas even now very very much we felt somehow more at home well I think also also Texas was just the first station yes I think also it was um, all the mistakes that we also made culturally in in clothing in language and yes. behavior in food and in mannerisms and yes. you know i remember you making my friends from school from my private school wear slippers and eat <laughs> garlic bread and drink tea and they were just appalled they were just <laughs> so so or i remember going to cotillion and i was wearing the wrong color it was a very formal texas yeah. uh, uh style cotillion and uh I was wearing, I don't remember, I think you I think you sent me in a pink dress and it was just inappropriate it. in the winter to be in a pink dress even though in so so but but these were just okay. cultural messages we had to learn and I think by the time we came to Kansas yeah. we had our little initiation, we had our little integration and life could begin. So I know you're very proud of Kansas Cityans, both of you I, both I, I, I like Kansas and I thought that the people were good and uh, even though everybody, our friends from New York, they say, how you moved in that is agricultural kind of uh, area. area. (laughs) You are not, um, and I was happy. I was happy with the Four Seasons. I was happy with the people. I just, I don't know. It was the second home for me. And still, we love Kansas City. And uh, well, you're in the can- you're in a suburb. We don't have to yes. say where, but you're in a suburb of Kansas City. So we, you work uh, in Missouri, yeah. in Kansas City, Missouri, <laughs> but you live on the Kansas side. Okay, so what do you love about Kansas? I mean, you said the people, the 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 Four Seasons. People, what else? And uh, in the past years, developed so much. Kansas City. Kansas City developed so rapidly and accepting uh, European kind of influences. You can see on the museums, they they have exhibitions and uh, I don't know, we, we get everything what we want here. Different kind of, even the movie theaters is different for everybody. We like old movies and uh, more European kind of movies that it was the Tivoli and now Tivoli is closed but we have the Glimwood Theatre and uh, you have opera, you have symphony museum, museum. you go to the theatre we are going all the time Musicals. We cannot, I cannot ask for more than what we get in in, in Kansas, you won't you won't get bored here. You, you have everybody has the sporting, sporting events, everything. I am concerts. I, am I know you're, you're a huge fan and of Starlight as yes, well. Starlight we theater. have a lot of friends also, and we feel at home here. And uh, even people they like our story, and uh, they they are. They embrace I, I, you. Yes, that I feel that they like us, and and uh, when I make mistake because my English still is not that good, they say, Julia, 
you are a smart lady. You can make mistake. I won't, because of course that for us it was mandatory, Hungarian, Romanian, Russian, and another foreign language or two. And they are amazed about that. How come? So I, I know you also love how much space there is in, in Kansas. You yes. can have a big garden and you can have a, a, a pool and a hot tub and, and more space and bigger houses. And um, um, it's, it's, it's it also being back and visiting life is um, quote unquote easier. Um, it's it's uh, shopping is, is more fun. People are nice and greet you. Um, you can park. Uh, things are not uh, venues are not so full um, the theaters the theater the seats in the mo movie theaters are big yes. the, um, and really uh, also for me I mean uh, we were just recently invited to a, a small brunch and there was karidagi there was <laughs> these, <laughs> I think you remember me, yeah, me being yeah. very surprised by the karidagi there were these little Greek uh, uh, walnuts in honey or in, in sugar sauce, and so, but that's just an example of uh, I was I had only eaten that in in Cyprus, and uh, you can have you have the Russian caviar you bought, you have the Asian markets, the African markets, the the, the Eastern and European markets, that everything is is available readily available. And I think that we never, I dreamed about a house like what we have, but. I wasn't sure if I will be able to have it. And especially in an area where I thought that just rich people can, can go to live there, that we, we feel at home. So the problem is, of course, uh, we are an immigrant family. So we, are, we have a problem. Uh, I was raised very European, so I really feel that from my schooling in Texas to Kansas and uh, etc., I I was always very integrated and I and I, I received a great education. Um, but I went also back to Europe quite a bit. We as a family traveled back in the summers to Austria, Germany, uh, Hungary a lot. Then I started going to France quite a bit. I and as soon as I studied in France as well. Uh, and I married a German, so uh, uh -huh. your grandchildren are half German, half uh, whatever you want to call it, half American, <laughs> Hungarian, what Romanian, I don't know what you want to call it. So we now have the problem that we live in Hamburg, Germany, where we also feel very much at home. How is that for you? How is that emotionally for you or culturally for you? Uh, to be really sincere, I miss only that the my grandkids they speak English fluently, German fluently, and I'm sure that French it will come and Spanish. But Hungarian, my grandkids they don't speak Hungarian. They have the feeling for Hungarian because we went with them for a few times back in Hungary and and have, spending two, three weeks together. But I hope that when they start to, to be older, maybe they will embrace the Hungarian culture also. And, and maybe they will, they will want to learn. I don't know. That... 
that is the only thing what I wanted to add on over there somewhere to why is that important I mean you Because are now more American you're more you're you're Kansas Cityian now I like Kansas and I, I love here I told you but in my heart I still I am Hungarian I like the Hungarian food I like to cook and to do everything in Hungarian way and I will die as a Hungarian who spent life happily in America but I am Hungarian I never will say differently even if you think about generally speaking America and we traveled everywhere and I think that Kansas is still is is much better than other places you know why because uh, I think that still people are close to religion here and uh, and uh, family is important more important more here you know of course that people do a lot together yes, here they, yes. they, there's a lot of and, clubs uh, and people stay right. together and, and I, I am happy with Kansas City. And it's, and I it's cannot slower even, and... Yeah, I, I cannot even imagine living in Chicago or, or these big, huge cities that is entertainment and whatever, but to live there and re raise kids, you know, course, yeah. is... I mean, the, the neighborhoods here, the suburbs the, are very safe. Yes, and the schools, and the are, schools good. are very good. The public schools as well. Yes, mm -hmm. and I just, I think that is a treasure that and I like the color, the weather also and yeah. okay so let's let's go with with uh, something that Dr. Starks wanted me to ask you uh, so this is his fault um, uh, so so now you're in a situation where you left Romania you you spent your life in the United States you have an American daughter which which is for me it's even more difficult because I say I'm American um, Anyway, I mean, but that's another a whole other question. Um, and you have grandkids in Germany. What are your What are your retirement plans? What What are retirement possibilities? This is something that I think must interest a lot of people who um, either well either young people who might be listening who who are looking for options that they can explore with their, their own parents or young people who are considering moving abroad, uh, the options that, that arise later on for elderly who are, who are international. What are some of the, the options of retirement for you? For us, it will be very, very hard because I have only one child, you, but I have three grandkids. And that is a big problem because if, <laughs> if, if we will be just us, no problem. But we would like to be as much we can in the kids' life from now on to remember us, to remember the Hungarian grandma and grandpa. But uh, it's a hard decision because until you can take care of yourself, I... I just to be able to cook for us and go to the movie and theater that is enough for us but when you ask me that it comes to the time when you cannot drive anymore even that one maybe you can because now i heard that is a 
uh, a lot of possibility here that uh, you can have a shutter and they are doing and pretty affordable kind then we would like to go somewhere but we thought that maybe it will be better for us finally to move back to Hungary but a big deal is that my husband he he told that if I am moving back to Hungary I don't want city life I would like to be somewhere close to a city but outskirts of the, the city me I would like to be in a city where uh, access to trolley access to everything to to go I would like to go to theater again that is the only thing what what we would like to do from now on then culture symphony culture. theater yes, concerts that, that's it and read the books finally in Hungarian and museums was, newspapers yes, that for me that is the re retirement and if I can still I would like a little bit of uh, traveling of course not by ourselves organized tours where they have all the access to a wheelchair or whatever <laughs> well I mean at, at some point you can't yeah. you can't go backpacking <laughs> but yeah but, but uh, Germany is the third option because you are there and the kids are there and that is where our heart is this is the hard, hardest, hardest decision for us because as long as we can see the kids twice a year and spend like vacations or months together, then it's okay. But when we won't be able to travel anymore, then is the problem. Mm -hmm. And and if one of us dies is no problem because one not surviving without the other one then we cannot uh, that person who is the survivor of course that is will go to you because you are our only child and where to go no but as long as we are both of us and uh, alive alive and we can do what what I told you we would like is not big deal what we would like to go to a movie because Friday, Saturday, Sunday that is our day when we mm. Friday movie, Saturday symphony and but it's, it's, it's interesting with, with immigration because I came here I came to the US when I was 12 12 and a half and I consider myself to be American I, I speak the language properly I, I, I speak the language correctly without an accent um, I did my studies here for the most part. Um, I feel like I know the American culture. I feel very much at home in several parts of the U.S., but I very I feel very much at home in Kansas, especially in Lawrence. You know, I love yeah. Lawrence, Kansas. I'm a huge fan still. Every time I'm there, I I, I feel really at home in Lawrence, Kansas. It's, it's uh, in, in every single way, in every, 
sort of architecturally, you know, sort of in the streets, uh, in the stores with the people on campus. I feel very much at home. Also, the sort of culturally, the the, the way it is in Lawrence um, is completely identifies with me. But I also feel completely at home in Germany and I and I did go back to Europe. So I had this European side of me, this side of me that longed to go back to Europe. Everybody thought I'd end up in France, which I mean, I don't know how I didn't meet a French man that I <laughs> fell in love with and, 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 and married. I mean, the, the, the odds were for me meeting a Frenchman or, or a Spanish Spaniard or I mean the, the, oh, the odds were, no there were no real odds of me meeting a Hungarian where and how and why but yes. but I mean so, so I didn't end up going to Hungary or going to to Romania I did move to Germany so uh, which was I didn't speak the language so, so nobody thought I'd marry a German man but but you are it, it's kind of come full circle I mean we have you know our family has, left the continent <laughs> and now uh, you also left culturally and, and had yeah. this life in the United States and I think if your only child were here if I were in the United States you'd be very happy to yes. retire and uh, I think that would be ideal yes. for you yes it would be the idea the the dream the dream comes true that I have and my family is here yes so Kansas would be the number yes. one option for you. Yes. And then you wouldn't miss Hungary. I all the time I will miss Hungary. But now Your home I is have here. only just a few friends who are alive from my generation. Then even if I go there, just the language, but otherwise I won't have too much friend or I know here everybody, I know people, I I don't know. I you, feel you like warm. the way of yes. life. You, yes, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I love it here, and so, so I guess your only child is causing the problem. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I have moved away, and, and now you have a German son-in-law. So that's also another uh, layer of problems because for him to move to the United States is is again another another topic. So uh, for me to move back to Kansas uh, with an American husband, for example, is a different story. Yeah. But for me to come with half German children with a German husband, it's, it's, a, it's, it's again a cultural difficulty. So for retirement, so I guess Kansas City is an option, but what do you do when you can't travel? And then it's assisted living or, or um, having a private uh, caretaker in, in the house yes. or something like that. So then there's the, the option of Hungary. I think that, that you have, even though you say you are Hungarian, I think you have very strong cultural difficulties being back in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are no longer at home in Hungary. Exactly. And, uh, and if one of us dies, I don't have any help over there. I have more help here in United States than I have in Kansas. Then if I go there, it means that if somehow my husband dies first, then it's okay because I move with my with you. But if Steve is dying or me, I am dying first. Then I don't know what Daddy will do. He's not realistic about that. We cannot. He, he's a big gardener. He likes that and then be outside, arrange the flower, everything. I understand, 
but he's not realizing that the, with the age you don't have anymore that you are not a handyman anymore like you have been then hurts you hurts that it's beautiful the flower but not to work with it, it yeah. and 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 he's not realizing them from now on reading a book or go to a movie that's it the limitation will be the physical limitations phys- are yes. more but what are the cultural limitations in hungary for you well, you don't have any more family. No, not, no family friends. you don't have and very few friends. friends. So the only thing that connects you are... Just the language. Okay, is the language. Nothing else. So your home is Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yes. It's, and, and I never thought in my life, because majority of the our friends who, who were immigrants like us, they went back. They, they went back, but I... They did? Yeah, there's a bunch there? of people. Pishtana, Kishore, Borato in Bissamente. Okay. They, they are back, but I just, I... I don't know. You considered moving back about 10 years ago, 15 yes. years ago. You really yes, seriously before. considered going back yes. to Hungary. And, and you decided against it. You even you were even as far as to... You, you almost bought a, an apartment in mm-hmm. Budapest. Yeah. But decided against it and decided to stay in Kansas City. Why? What 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 held you back? At that time we were younger, and I thought that I have enough time still to look around, look around, and make up for the lost time and be able to fill the Gaps. holes and all. But now is we are old anymore. I I cannot accommodate now to some strange oh you mean back then you thought you could maybe move and and still fill the gap right. but but still you didn't move so, so so what's interesting to me is why you didn't move so if i may tell me if i'm wrong i think one of the things that held you back was that walking around in the streets in in hungary people were not as nice to you as in kansas city <laughs> that is true <laughs> that people were a little bit more abrupt and a little bit more possibly rude in the stores and the streets. Uh, people kind of pushed you and shoved you around. And in Kansas City, people are really nice and are very polite and very, um, they say sorry and please and excuse me. And everybody's, everybody's, I mean, also I can, I can also uh, uh, attest to this, to this uh, aspect of Kansas City that people, uh, also my husband is very surprised by, how Certainly how well. nice people are, how easy it is right. here. You didn't feel apartments or most apartments were... I didn't want to stay in apartments. That is no way. Were, were, well, they were quite small, smaller right. than here. Also, if you wanted then to have a house, then you were outside. Yeah. Then it meant driving. Exactly. Driving is more difficult in, in exactly. Hungary than here. Exactly. Then it's so many things what. I, I, I all the time I was thinking, is it worth it for me to do this big change, give up everything, and I will be in an apartment. Strange is not my place, is not anything for because I, I won't transfer from here to Hungary or furniture or something. Then that one it will be more stressful and and I won't be happy. And, and you I, won't be at home. And I won't be home, yeah. 
if it's different story if you go back to Transylvania and Kolozhvar, even though I cannot imagine myself anymore there. Uh, I think that we got a little bit spoiled because, how I said, we work hard for everything, but we have everything what we... I cannot ask for more pension, everything, house paid off. I just, I cannot ask for more. This is the time from now on. Is only just take it easy and when God says, come on, then we go. <laughs> okay, so, so just going back a little tiny bit with, with Hungary. Um, other concerns were medical care. That is a big deal also. Because you have because a few health problems without it, going into right. details. And here you have the best. Or you feel you have the best. Uh, yeah, I feel and, and I am... Because you're used familiar, to it. Yeah. Exactly. Familiar with the doctor, the the care, the everything. But over there, I don't know, it doesn't matter that I speak the language and correctly, not like the English, but still, if you're you don't know... You don't have any exactly. connections or any relations. This old woman is here Even the now. building... <laughs> Even the buildings are strange. Okay, you don't yeah, know yeah, where the dentist yeah. is or yes. where... You need to learn everything. And I don't think that I am ready at this stage of my life to get again, to know people, to know this. No. Either here or in Germany. So isn't it interesting that this podcast is on language and culture? Isn't it interesting that you have gone full circle? Your home is... Kansas City and if you moved back to Europe even that you would probably not feel at home in Hungary anymore even though you say you are you feel you are Hungarian and you would probably move to Germany and there the question of culture or home becomes family so Germany would be it is not your language you do not know know it Hamburg you know through me but you do not have any connection to Hamburg you don't have any real friends, nobody. but nobody, but it would be your family. It would be, yeah. um, and so, so isn't that, isn't that an interesting sort of aspect of it? Sort of what is most important? It wouldn't be your language. It wouldn't be your culture. It wouldn't be something you know, or you're used to. And yet it would be family. family. It would be your closest, your only daughter and your three grandchildren that you have. That is the most important one. Okay, so let's end it. We hear the grandkids coming back. Right. So let's let's wait. Just just one more thing. I, I would like to sort of do some a little experiment. I mean, you speak a little bit of Russian, you speak a tiny bit of German, but you speak English mm. and Hungarian and Romanian. These are the three languages that you really speak well. So so we spoke the whole time in English. So how does English feel to you? Because you say it's 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 always a tiny bit of a foreign language. It still is. It's it's still it still, it's still it still is and and uh, I all the time I had problem with this that I wasn't able to balance between the grammar and I all the time I want uh, to say the word and I cannot get in balance with the grammar <laughs> and and that is embarrassing and is uh, if I read something I can say that that is not correct. Right, but or, or in writing are, as well. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. but when you need to talk, I constantly... And even now, I am afraid of a telephone call. 
because when you see somebody I can even look at your lip and I can read the lip and, and I am no, not that but, or then the facial right. expression but when you are in the telephone oh god I I forget everything and I am so still scared. still even now no don't put me on telephone and I don't want to do this podcast <laughs> I told you this from the start and you put me here. I am 77 and it's the first time that somebody put the mic in front of me and said, talk. <laughs> <laughs> and it is difficult. And I and I noticed that you're stressed. I noticed of that course. you're sort of, um, I think that in your mind you're constantly thinking, oh God, am I saying it correctly? Uh, I know that I have not said correctly, but then, hey. Hey. <laughs> he is my he is my daughter. She's the specialist. You should correct me. Thank you, mom, for agreeing. Uh, not really willingly, but for agreeing to be forced into this podcast. You're welcome. This is the first and the last, I think, <laughs> because I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Mom, for taking the time for this interview, and thank you all for listening. If you're interested in knowing more about my family, do check out my book when it comes out. It should be available for purchase sometime in the fall or at the latest in winter 21-22. There's more information and purchase links to my books on my Instagram page at Quadil, Q-U-A-D-Y-L-L-E. The book about my father is entitled Life with Coach Pop and will be published under my maiden name, Henriette Yavarek. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. J signing out.